With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. All right, how are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Ghostblade. I'm going to say in the last couple episodes, I guess we've, we've made a few of you gentlemen and ladies fairly irritated and or mad. Um, the, the title of this this entire channel is... Speak the truth for a reason. It's because we're here to just not talk about one sex or segment or try to push one agenda or it's just that wasn't the whole point of starting this channel and talking with you guys. It was to bring both both sides, left and right and centers, mash them together and just create one big bubbling mess pretty much. I know that's what's going to happen in most episodes when we first started this thing. And then the war inside of Ukraine kicked off. It slowed down. We started talking about other stuff. And as I could tell, we have a lot of people that lean on one side that apparently didn't like the last episode. We've, we basically, we've, we could, we're going to roast pretty much everybody, not not entirely on purpose, but just because of what's going to happen. Going to roast them, though. What, I mean, the other day, Trump did something, what Trump does, which was pretty stupid. I personally, like, people are going to realize this. I don't even want Trump to run. And I'm, I'm more on the right than I am on the left. I don't think Trump's an idiot. Trump's the one that struck the deal with the Taliban for us to withdraw from Afghanistan. So, yeah, but... I just want to say, you guys don't realize, I, I really don't care. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to get really salty about some of the stuff I say. We made the Alphabet community pretty angry the other day, which I didn't really care about that either. We talked about, what was it, the military not being able to bring people in to the military because of the massive woke agenda they've been pushing, which is very apparent that it's not working like their back-to-back years are down over 25%. It's they not. And the, the military does go through like different recruiting cycles. Yes, of course. It's a fact. It does go through different recruiting cycles. But it's pretty apparent that about the same time a lot of this crap started getting pushed, like once the war flag was gone, there's no more incentive because young men like to go and fight wars. Yeah. That incentive's gone. People are pushing away from it just like they push away from Bud Light. According but, to Bud this. Bud Light, by the fact, they just had to release 600. They fired 600 people. Sure. They did. I I'm, read that I'm this sure. morning. Oh, yeah. No, they had to. Yeah. I'm sure. So this guy, um, Elvlado1, he's commented on the last video. He says, a longtime subscriber. I'm counting how many groups you have possibly offended in this video. LGBTQ, women, non-combat, U.S. military personnel, and obviously popular Ukrainian YouTuber who commented that the Ukrainian offensive is like D-Day. I kind of want to address that because, um, again... Yeah. Obviously, popular Ukrainian YouTuber. Yeah, whatever. Where'd you pull that from? Twitter. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch anybody on YouTube that watches that does Ukrainian stuff because, to be honest, with you guys, I don't have time for it, and I don't really care what they have to say. I pull my own stuff. I've been doing that for over the last year, so why would I go watch somebody and else? You so, gave your perspective, and I said, "Hey, maybe we should give he, the guy a little bit of leeway." And that, I don't even know what you're talking about. A little bit. Of guy. Yeah. I was a random guy on Twitter. I just saw say it. It wasn't some YouTuber, right? And I could really give two f's if it was a YouTuber. To be honest with you, I don't really care, right? I, Offending non-combat U.S. military personnel because we made jokes about tankers and cap scouts. Guess that's military humor. Yeah. If y'all didn't know, that's military humor. (laughs) (laughs) Like That's what we do. We make fun of each other. It's a fact. Ask any U.S. service member that's ever served if they never made fun of another freaking server. Like, one of the best guys that we and him him actually know was a cap scout. Yeah. We can call him right now and call him all the the names in the book for being a cap scout. He's going to laugh at the end of the day. 
And then you know what he's going to say? So what are you guys doing? How's your guys' yeah. day going? Like, yeah. You guys stop getting your panties in a wad. And the guy was a badass. He's sniper qualified, ranger qualified, killed was, a lot of dudes. Like, he he's was, done some amazing things for the military. He was. he was a good guy. Yeah. We can make fun of guys. Right. That's what you do. When you put in a really terrible situation and you're stuck in a country you don't really want to be in, or you kind of want to be in, you want to have some fun, it's just, it's just, you have a dark sense of humor. You should hear this with a buddy named Mike. He's got one of the darkest sense of humors where it's almost awkward if you're not. Like, I had to prep my wife going in to meet him. I'm like, all right, just so you know. And he is one of the softest puppy dogs you will ever meet. (laughs) Like, the man is quite literally a lover. Uh, I I made fun of him for not engaging in a firefight one day. And he's like, yo, I'm a medic. My job is to help people. Like, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Like, yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I actually grabbed his nuts, too. Mm -hmm. I have fondled another man's testicles. Women. We offended women, apparently, because women. I told that joke about a woman mechanic or whatever, which wasn't even my joke. I stole it, first of all, and the then joke. explicitly stated it was a joke while well, you were talking oh, about yeah, like, yeah, women yeah, being yeah, able to yeah, do yeah, anything yeah, that yeah. they can't. Yeah, and I, I was like, I except for like mechanics. That's right, the kind of whatever. thing I, was, I don't even care. OK, yeah. cool. Funny joke. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> calm was, down. Okay, whatever. Like, I, I literally said, calm down. It's a joke. Like, we're not trying to like, ugh, God, people do need to get some thicker skin in this country. It's ridiculous. I, I if, we have, if, if, if you guys are not going to enjoy this channel, I'm very sorry. But remember the title and the, the of this, this channel is literally Speak the Truth. So if you're on the right side, we're going to say stuff about you. Left side, you're definitely going to get crushed at times. In the middle, we just hang out and, and laugh, I guess you'd say. Right. This other guy. So it's not everybody, by the way. It's all, But the ones that are offended are always the loudest ones. You know what I mean? Or the ones that don't have a voice. So Minorities always the this, this other dude, top... T O P I A S R six two eight. I don't understand comments. why people name <laughs> themselves the way comments. they now, like put something on. He said, "I'm so happy to hear uh, a conservative's takes. I don't agree with them, but I love hearing them without citing like whack QAnon Russian propaganda. You can be a conservative without believing in Trump and wacko stuff." Yes, you can, and I'm definitely like, one of those. I'm just a guy, you know. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't go down the rabbit holes like the frogs are gay type stuff. I don't do that. That's super far out. Right. That's not me. I'm just like. For one, if you want to be gay, be gay. I really don't care. And do if it in the military. Dude, just focus just, on. Yeah. The military is there to kill people, destroy things, and, that's and it. maintain security. That's literally the military. That I don't should really be the care focus. If, you, if you're sitting there sucking some dude off in your barracks, I don't care. I promise you, if I walked in on him sucking a dude off, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to go off back over here for a second. I'll didn't, be back. A didn't know bit. that side of you, man. Like, yeah, you <laughs> just, just wouldn't give a shit. You, I don't I mean, care. You, yeah. yeah you, don't care. Yeah. Never did, never will. I just don't care. It's so goofy. People, I don't know. As long as you're capable of just kill meeting people. those agendas. That's all you got to do. If I tell you to shoot, you shoot. You, like, I don't, it doesn't matter. Now, inside of Russia, they're having, you, you know, just so you know, Russia is still having a little bit of Prigozhin battle, even though we don't know where nope. Prigozhin currently is. He's either in Belarus or he could be in St. Petersburg or he could be in, in I saw UK that he, I, I saw that it, like one of his, one of his planes, and they tracked it by like tail number and yeah. and all like whatever. But yeah, one of his planes at like left where he was at into Belarus and then over to Russia. So people are saying okay. that he's in Russia and that whatever. the whole thing is doesn't a really matter. Hoax. Prigozhin right now, no, it still has, still has, and 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 people don't realize this. He has political aspirations, and right now he has a pretty decent following. I would say almost a damn near cult following inside of Russia that actually believes mm-hmm. he is like. I was second coming to Jesus mm-hmm. at that point. I don't know about that, but I'm well, to them. That's all they care about is fighting, fighting, and fighting. I think that's that's really Russian culture, is it not? Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh, but Bogosian is a big guy inside of Russia. They love him. They really do. Yeah, 
But I I, <laughs> I don't think that the the counteroffensive right now is is going in their favor. I know that the Russians have lost what was it fourteen square miles fourteen square miles in the past seven days. Mm-hmm. The, the Ukrainians are having to go as we do know through multiple layers of entrenched systems and whatever on on, on all the fronts. Some people are trying to tout it up, which I was talk, talking to you this morning while we were doing a little bit of research. I was actually getting a little bit irritated because there's people on the Ukrainian side of things. And even Willie would admit the same thing. Same, we'd see it over and over again. He's just a mouthpiece for Ukraine. And it's just like, the more you see it, and it, the dumber it is, because you can't go out there and say that they have, like, the tactical advantage inside the, the current offense. With, you're taking 14 square miles in a, in a week. Okay, I get it. That's not great, but it's not bad. But don't claim that you're pretty much taking over the entire country. It's forward it, momentum. It's it's all it is. It's all it's like, forward momentum. Pe- people need to stop. I don't want to say downplaying it, but saying what it really actually is. They're doing okay. General Milley had to actually come out and make a statement on it because so many people. I think it has to do with more or less laying the groundwork for the coming months and of or years. I don't even know how. Well, look at what look at what the U.S. is. But yeah, you say what Milley said, and then I'll address that. So so Milley's talking about. This is, it was actually a statement he made on Friday. It's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very long, and it's going to be very, very bloody. This is this is directly what he said at a press club instead of Washington. And no one should have any illusions about any of that. So him stating that out loud, I don't want to say it's – I mean, he's saying that it's clearly taking a very long time and, and not nearly going as fast as we wanted to. But he, I think he's laying the precursor – and maybe laying some context, I guess, or I don't know if context is the word. No, he's, he's preparing he's American pre- people for what could reality yeah. is like. It's I, going to take a long time. It's going to be bloody. We're going to spend a lot of royalty on this royalty. to make it happen. A lot, a lot of cash in order to make it happen. And I think the reason he ends up doing that is because what the minus the 20 year war in Afghanistan that we just had. But most of the time, the U.S. is in and out pretty quick. The 20 year war inside of Afghanistan, if they would have taken the political aspect out of it, it would not have been that long. It would Mm-mm. have been done. I don't think a lot of people do realize that the war inside of Afghanistan, if they would have just taken the handcuffs off, because I don't think the handcuffs are really off for more than. I don't even know how long. It really was not that long. There's only two times I can think of. Like out of really out of my umpteen deployment, like out of however many, I don't know, years I was over there, there's only been two times that like the handcuffs were off. One was in Gormok. Hand, like the, it seemed like handcuffs were off. And the other one was against ISIS-K. Those two fights, I felt like, the, like we were pretty much given a green light to do what we need to do morally. You know what I mean? Like do what you got to do. Stay moral. Kill the enemy. No, when it comes to ISIS, you just kill them all. Right. Just kill them all. But I don't know. I, if they would have just taken the handcuffs off of us in Afghanistan for a few years, they would do it at, at, at random stints. It was the weirdest thing ever. It's almost like, they're like, okay, they pisses off. They killed a couple of our dudes. They pisses off enough. Kill them all. And they're like, all right, now pull the reins back a little bit. Now you guys go back to like, don't don't cause any civilian infrastructure damage. Don't like do know any of that. They got to only shoot when you see something like, Take the handcuffs off. We could kill them real quick. Mm-hmm. But Anyways. that's, I don't know. Yeah. Long, th- long, long drawn out. But instead of Russia, we could we could probably do pretty well against another fighting force. Maybe not now. I actually, if we could backtrack right now, I wouldn't tell anybody to join the military right now, by the way. I'd be I'd be out on that. I'm just, I, I think we're stretched pretty damn thin. Just, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, like, I wouldn't join right now. I, like, think, I think we're going to go through a... 
I think the United States military yeah. would take a while. I think initially we'd get kind of our butts handed to us because our military would go in with that mentality. And once we start losing, because America hasn't fought that type of fight since World War II. Yeah. Like what Ukraine's dealing with, we haven't fought that fight since World War II, where you're literally seeing hundreds of thousands of casualties and deaths. Yeah. The U.S. military has not seen that in a very long time. And so I think that would be a major culture shock that, hey, we just don't show up and whoop whenever we feel like it. You know what I mean? And, and it would take a little while to like back up and build doctrine and move forward. We would definitely win, hands down. I would have no doubt about that. But you, I think you're right. I think uh, one of our actually CEOs, I remember having a conversation with him. I think it was back in like 2010 or 11. We just came back from Iraq and he was ta- we were talking about changes that had happened. And this is right before I went to sniper section. I'm fairly confident because I wasn't a part of the company anymore. I think I was coming down to get those papers. What are those papers you have to get before you transfer to... Uh, 4187. Yeah, I was came down to get one of those, so I was leaving, so I wasn't really a part of the company. I don't remember if I was an E5 or not, so he was, like, allowed to, to talk. You know, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you didn't really care because you're not he's not in your company anymore. Mm-hmm. We were talking about PT standards, mm-hmm. and we were having a conversation with him about the military goes, he calls, and he actually said the ebb and flow of the military, even after World War II, it got really soft. Mm-hmm. It got really soft, and then they went into Vietnam and all that, and then it had to harden back up again. Mm-hmm. Then it got out of Vietnam and it got really soft, mm-hmm. and then it had to harden back up again. Mm-hmm. It, it, it'll it'll take uh, I don't want to call it a cataclysmic event, but it'll take <laughs> I a, hope it doesn't take that. It'll it'll take a pretty major event for the U.S. military to like pull its head out of it. Captain Rhodes, that was Rhodes, his name. Yeah. He was actually a really good CEO. Comparatively speaking to the last we, one, the one before we had after that, we have a difference of opinions. Well, you were you were higher point. up than me at that point. Yeah, we. Have I looked a at him, and he actually was in shape. You know why? I mean, I don't really want to get into his decisions because it's twenty twenty hindsight looking at it. You know what I mean? But the fact that we played sniper bait and that was allowed to happen, and he sat in an armored vehicle after we got shot at and like refused to let us pop smoke and move back when like the QRF wasn't ready to move into place and left us on the streets like dangling. I mean, I, I just don't agree with that decision. Do I remember this? As an experienced combat fighter. I think that's stupid. I don't know if I remember this. I could, was I there? Yeah. I definitely was there, but I don't remember yeah. this. How do you not was remember this? Was that after this? Bar got shot? Yeah. I don't remember this. Yeah, we, I showed up off patrol one night, and the uh, LT grabbed us. And he was like, hey, Matt, got to talk. Went over and chatted with him. He's like, good news and bad news. Good news, you guys get tomorrow off. Bad news, we have an operation going on the following day. So tomorrow is going to be more or less rehearsals and everything else. And I was like, explain the situation. God, like, what's going to happen? And the situation was we had to go deal with the sniper. Like that was taking everybody, like shooting freaking yeah, everybody. Like that. we got to go deal with the sniper. And so we set up Operation Mousetrap, which was to go out oh and God, like I capture this damn name. sniper. <laughs> And then it ended up being, we ended up like, it, it was the dumbest damn thing. Cause I went and I, I bitched it for Sergeant Phillips. I went, and I sat down, like I went directly to the CP and was like, this. the plan was for those that don't know, the plan was for us to drive in a big circle around the city, park in an area where a gunfight had just gone down like a week prior over behind that, uh, the, the car dealership thing that got like new yeah. AC added to every vehicle. Right. So and go park in that field and sit there with like a prick 117 and extend the antenna and just sit there in a circle and just wait to get shot. And then we get shot at, they're going to cordon off the area and then go search building by building until they get the guy. That I was actually, the plan. I did. The, that was the original plan. Oh my God. Yeah. I did the building searches for the, when he had, sh- Oh my God. Yeah. And I was the, this is blowing my mind. I blew up. I literally 
This is crazy. You're that's, bringing back I memories that have been so dumb. I don't I agree it. with that decision. That's one of those things that you should say, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to use my guy as a sniper bait. Oh my you know God. what I mean? I, I just forgot all about that. Anyways, especially when we had dudes that were stop loss. Like that was one of the hardest things to do was like go to Rosa and be like, hey, bro, I um, I'm going to need you tomorrow. And he's like, this is bullshit. I'm already here. I was like, well, it's time for you to earn that extra money that you've been getting paid for. Me I actually have this. a story about, about this and it talks about me busting on somebody in the bed. I don't, I don't, I, I actually got something about this, but beforehand, if you guys listen to this podcast, chances are you're staying on top of thing, but it's a lot harder to do when you guys are not getting enough sleep. If you guys find yourself tossing and turning at night and waking up groggy, it may be time to invest in a new mattress. I bought one of these myself. I was struggling at night. I even used my own code because I needed to. My friends over at Ghostbed are not the only stop you guys need to make right now. They're a family owned mattress company that's been making mattresses for over 20 years. And you guys can feel the expert craftsmanship when you guys lie down on their beds. You simply they just don't not they just don't cut corners. They do not do it on every single mattress that Ghostbed makes. Their line they have a uh, heat weakening material which draws that heat out of your body. It's really cool, which means you guys can stay cool and sleep really well, even on those sweltering hot summer nights which we have right now here inside of my state. Plus, you guys can purchase a bed confidently with Ghostbed's free shipping and 101 night sleep trial. Most orders ship within 24 hours, so you guys can start sleeping and get better quickly. Now, I'm telling you guys, they come in a big roll. They're really tightly thing. You <laughs> cut the thing and it. And rises just like that. That's pretty much what happens with that bed. I let it sit there for about 12 hours, cut it open in the morning. It's really soft. I'm telling you guys it was great. And right now you guys get your ghost bed right now by heading to ghostbed.com forward slash Rob and use promo code Rob at checkout. It's really easy. You get 40% off the entire website. It'll be linked at the very top of the description. That is ghostbed.com forward slash Rob. Use promo code Rob for 40% off site wide. Now going back to talking about the bed situation during that same operation. I don't know why I, I completely like tried to like, I don't know compartmentalize a lot of those thoughts from that really terrible deployment because it was really I hated that plan I remember doing this and it was it, it wasn't during the operation little mousetrap we had it was something else where the sniper had actually shot somebody else in a different um company not even in our like not even in, in 130 like in a different like like battalion. completely different battalion no not even related to us and we were QRF for that and I remember I got out and it was my first time doing any real clearing of houses in because we were trying to cordon off the area. I don't know if you remember this at all by any Nope, not. You don't nope. remember this? Nope. I vividly remember we cordoned off the area and I was a part of the, the team that was going house to house trying to find this guy that was shooting us. Of course we didn't find him, but I got to I was bust like literally I, I got all that stupid training we did of those stupid thing. I finally got to do it. Mm-hmm. And I one of the rooms I got to bust in on. I don't ever tell you this. I don't think I ever did. I bust a dude on a dude and his woman inside of the in, the, in their bed. Oh, nice! That literally happened to me. Because you know all I the families would nice. live together. Yeah, yeah. So they went. They, like I came in, we separated the family, and they were screaming. Of course, I didn't know what they were saying. And I went to go. I busted through another door, and there was a guy on the back of the door holding the door closed, like literally holding it closed. So I thought, oh my god, you don't remember me telling you this? Nope. My God, really? Not. There was a guy on the backside screaming, holding the door closed as I'm trying to bust it through. Yeah. I get it through and he has no clothes on. And I realized why he was trying to hold the door closed. His woman was underneath the the bed naked. Right. Like, like I was right. like, oh okay. They're going I, at it. And I, so I backed out and went back oh, upstairs and God. went to the. That's I've, what I never told you that. No, did that I ever, actually happened. Did I ever tell you about the naked guy hiding under a blanket? No. <laughs> <laughs> so we got. Uh, well, I I don't know. <laughs> what? 
so we got some intel that uh, the Taliban had put out that if the Americans come, hide underneath a blanket, right? So we went out on a clearing operation, flew in on helicopters, kill a couple guys on infill, right, and get up to the village. And we go start clearing through this village, take, you know, leap and bound through it, round up all the military-age males, throw them in handcuffs and shit. And afterwards, after we get done doing this, there's a whole other side story that goes into it, which is absolutely hilarious, but that is not the point of this story. But I'm like, you know, I used to smoke. And I was like, ah, cool. It's like three in the morning. I'm running like I'm tired as hell. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. So I take off my helmet. Well, I don't know. But I, I go walk over to the side smoking a cigarette behind where we've got all like the pucks rounded up. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go smoke a cigarette. And then there was this little animal hut, right? There's this tiny little animal hut. And I was like, I kind of feel the need to poke in there while I'm smoking a cigarette. So I pull out my pistol and I white light it and I go looking. And there's a blanket down in the corner that was just a small little ball about yay big. And this, I, I watched like the blanket flutter like that from underneath. And like immediately that intel came back to my mind. Taliban said, hide in the blanket if the Americans come. Don't move unless they freaking yell, you know, whatever. I'm like, hmm, weird. I don't like that. And so I get on the radio. I just keep my pistol pointed at it. And I get on the radio. It's like, yeah, you know, if anybody's free, I'm kind of over here. That'd be great. So my teammate like comes running up and he's like, yo, Matt, what's going on? I was like, dude, right here. Like underneath that blanket, he's like, are you sure? I was like, I'm positive that I saw it move. There's somebody under that blanket. Like should have just shot it. But I was like, there's definitely somebody under that blanket. You know what I mean? He's like, you want to go get the commandos? I was like, no, it's one dude. Like you and I got this, bro. And so like I'm sitting there with like my pistol drawn down on this thing. And uh, my buddy goes to like pull the blanket off of this guy. And like when he grabs a blanket and he pulls it off, and he like rips the blanket back. This hand like comes out from underneath and grabs it to like cover up. Like I wouldn't see him do that. You know what I mean? As soon as he did that, I, one, I should have shot the guy, but I didn't. I just came back and I paylaid the crap out of this dude. Like just straight soccer punted him like right in the rib cage. And I felt him like lift off the ground and come back down. My buddy grabs the blanket, rips it off. And I'm sitting there at gunpoint. It's just this naked man that's probably like 50 years old. And he's bleeding. He's like coughing up blood, bleeding, just naked by the way it's winter time and so this guy's got to be freezing you know what i mean like inside this little animal hut and he just looks up and he's like ah <laughs> coughing up blood i was like what the fuck did i just come across man like what the hell is this and as soon as the guy starts screaming all the commandos like come running over there and just start shouting at the guy pointing guns at him and everything else and they start yelling at him to move and like get the hell out but the guy can't walk because i kicked him so dang hard right and he's coughing up blood and stuff and so he starts like trying to move his way out on his hands and like pushing himself, but he's dragging his ball sack on the ground and it's probably like six inches behind him. And I just remember sitting there looking at this under white light with this guy bleeding, covered in dirt and just everything. His balls are dragging on the ground. They like eventually get him out. I'm telling you, they were like eight inches behind him. You know what I mean? And he eventually like gets out and they're like, you want us to handcuff him and take him with us? And I was like, I'm not dealing with that. Like I am not like the guy is going to die. Just leave him here. Like I'm over this crap. I, I, I was just like, this is just absolutely ridiculous. And the whole town was Taliban, you know, like the entire town was Taliban. I'm sure he was somebody important, but I, I just didn't give a shit. Like not dealing with that guy. He can kiss my ass. weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never heard that story. Yeah. The dude with the eight foot or eight inch long ball sack just dragged him behind him. Oh, he was old. You know, so gravity over time, you know, it's not like they wear freaking like tidy whities over there. You know, I'm sure gravity had just drug them down. Like it's, it's, I've out of all the freaking combatants, like I've, I've cleared and stuff. Like I never paid attention to that until that day. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. So <laughs> I didn't realize anyways, that the balls like get that long. Should we get back to the news? I, I'm so, my bad, dude. <laughs> no, I guess uh, drone strikes inside of Ukrainian city, inside of Sumi. 
that's pretty much what's going on. There was actually, um, I found somebody, I guess, for, I don't know, there's somebody inside of Ukraine's secret service, or inside the Crimean secret service, that's actually treason for spying in Russia. I think it was, they had arrested yeah. the guy that was attempting to kill somebody. Like, yeah, they thought there was going to be a uh, assassination attempt going on in Crimea, but yeah, yeah they that didn't caught pass, the guy. That didn't pass out. Or Pan Pan, excuse me. <clears throat> now, other than that, I would say that nothing is really going crazy inside of Ukraine. The the two things that I found on Ukraine that I think are extremely interesting. One is the nuclear power plant, and the other yeah. is the NATO summit that's okay, going on in so Lithuania. The power plant. The reason why I never really talk about it is because people have been bringing it up since nine months ago. Sure, that's one of the reasons I just kind of skip on past it now. But I would like to hear what you had to say because I did see this morning that they have now something tied for the first time in four months or something like that. They tied into another line. Yeah. So yeah, at the nuclear plant one with all the stuff going on at the nuclear plant, right? The IAEA has been there for God only knows how long going over and overseeing like the plant, right? Making sure that everything's running smooth and everything else. So the IAEA is saying that there is absolutely zero credible threat that they have been able to find as far as, you know, planted explosives or anything like that going on at the plant itself. So they're not worried about it. In addition to that, they also reported that they tied in an additional power line because so far the plant has only had one actual hard line tied into it from the outside. Other than that, they'd have to rely on the generators to keep it running. And they've used the generators four different times over the course of this conflict since it's gone, but they tied in an additional power line so that now they have a backup line going to the plant. So they have their primary line, a backup line, and then they also have the gens to make sure the thing keeps running, not to mention they have those big water storage tanks. And now what it's looking like is the the credible or not credible threat, but the threat that they're claiming is going to take place inside the power plant has to do with the water reserves. So they're going to blow up and get rid of the water reserves and then the plant can go into a nuclear meltdown. They have one out of the six reactors currently online going in there. The other ones are in kind of like a cool down state, if you will. So they're not really using them. So one's still currently up and running. Other than that, man, there's there's nothing really going on. Russia is claiming it captured... Uh, five people who were planning to smuggle KCM-137 uh, for a Ukrainian buyer in order to stage a nuclear incident. Um, but that's unconfirmed, right? And Ukraine is accusing Russia of planning a terrorist attack on the planet, which is going to leak radiation. Now, if that's actually true on like the, the 5th, because I want to say it was July 5th, they planned on on the pullout, like the nuclear meltdown that was going to take place somewhere around July 5th. NATO's got a summit going on in Lithuania um, July 11th and 12th. Now, Zelensky himself... He knows that Ukraine can't join NATO until the conflict's resolved. And all Zelensky wants is some sort of security reassurance towards Ukraine. It's not going to substitute for NATO membership. He just wants to know that, look, you guys are going to be there to continue to back us up. You're not going to pull out. That's really what Zelensky wants. That's it. That's all he wants. That's what he wants. He wants to join NATO. I mean, he formally asked to join NATO, right, last year. But Oh, you know what? Now you bring this up. I actually read something this morning about this. That Sweden was trying to convey a message to Turkey to allow that to happen. I think that's what I read this morning. No, 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 no. I I said that incorrectly. You keep going. Let me actually read what I I saw. Yeah. So, I mean, at at the end of the day, long story short, if the plant does end up going into like a nuclear meltdown or if there's like a big international problem, I think Russia is going to not want that to happen because that's going to draw in the attention of the international community and they're going to be forced to react because it's no longer going to be a Ukrainian problem. It's going to be a world problem as the largest nuclear reactor in Europe. Like if if there's a problem, international community is going to move in to help take care of it. Russia doesn't want that crap. They just don't. And when you have the NATO summit that's scheduled seven days later, now, unless Putin's got like extreme, extreme 
I don't want to call it like an ideology, but he wants to draw NATO and he wants to get those forces into that fight. Like that, that will cause that. So I don't think he wants that. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I said that completely wrong. I knew it had to do with Turkey and Sweden and NATO or his French president is urging Turkey to support Sweden's bid to join NATO. That's what it was. I'm an idiot. My apologies. Yeah. My apologies. The Sweden hadn't joined. It was uh Finland. I'm, I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Sorry. Sometimes I, I read stuff and I memory dump it. I definitely did that right there. Now, I, d- I did read this as well. Uh, State Department has approved $440 million worth of the ammo that's going over to Taiwan. I think 330-something of it, 300 and 333, 332 million of it is going to be used for 30 Mike Mike ammunition. Huh. That's how they just, Taiwan just bought $330 million worth of 30 Mike Mike from us. Not really entirely sure why, but apparently they're trying to set up some... Uh, air. I, I, I want to say 30 Mike Mike's used by air. Don't well, check me on that. 30 Mike Mike? I mean, they're used by a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else they have on the ground. They're, they're holding a massive live fire exercise right now as we speak on the southern portion of Taiwan. Yeah, they're always doing that crap. Just to piss them off, I guess. Right yeah. now, six hours ago, they're doing it. Holds live fire drills. Did you, uh, you see the uh, after action report of Afghanistan got released? Oh, God. Like after everything? No. Yep. So they are out of Afghanistan. Finally got released. Uh, U.S. Senator Jerry Moran released the following statement after the State Department released the Afghanistan AAR. The State Department's Afghanistan After Action Review offers a damning account of the mismanagement during the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. The inherent difficulties of an evacuation were clearly exasperated by a void in leadership, which resulted in the deaths of American service members and stranded thousands of our Afghan allies behind enemy lines. That's the statement from Senator Moran. However, deeper into that report, that also places some blame on Trump, stating that the pandemic challenges such as staff shortages overseas and COVID-19 restriction uh, restricted in-person crisis, in-person crisis response. The report also found U.S. was unclear who in the department had the lead on the withdrawal, and the report also found U.S. officials provided insufficient senior-level consideration in worst-case scenarios. So... Plan for the withdrawal, they're saying, look, Trump's got blame, Biden's got blame, the whole thing was a disaster. My biggest take on this is, look, if things are going downhill, right, if things are going downhill for that withdrawal, Biden was the commander-in-chief during that time frame. It is his responsibility. People love to state the fact that Trump came up with the plan. Trump, you know, got with the Taliban. He made the peace deal for the U.S. to withdraw. They love to state that. But at the end of the day— But that's not true, though, because 22 hours ago— this, this came out that the Trump administration was actually going to keep a couple thousand. Well, what it was was Pence. So yeah. Vice President Pence went on the record for, I, I forget what show he was on. I want to say it was like uh, Face the Nation. Like, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm reading so it right XVP now. Pence was on Which there. Which makes sense. That's what well, that's what happened. Pence actually said was Pence said that he believes, not he knows, but he believes that Trump would have left additional U.S. troops the moment the Taliban started going back. And we did see that happen during Trump's presidency. The Taliban started going back on their peace agreements, and Trump was like, screw you, and started kicking more troops in. I, I'm kind of with Pence. I don't think Trump would have just been, oh, no, the Taliban know. wants to take over the country. We're just going to like lose stability. But it's all speculation. You know what I mean? Like, none of it's a fact. It's just speculation. But what is a fact is it was on Biden to freaking solve that problem. As a commander-in-chief, it was on him to solve that problem when it started going south. When they took over Masri Sharif, when we started seeing, like, the Taliban roll up in force. Dude, I'm reading it, it all was over. It's wide known. It was widely known that that was heading south real fast. And it was Biden's fault. It happened on his watch. And just like, just like you've been taught, like, a million times in the military— 
right? You own successes and you own failures. You can't pass off a failure as a leader. You just can't do it. He definitely failed on that. To state otherwise is ignorant. You got to make the best with what you got, but he screwed that pooch pretty hard. Well, I know it's actually out on every single news outlet I could possibly find. Going back, going through multiple, multiple pages in Google right now. Everything, even the Wall Street Journal report blames top Biden officials for failure. So all the stuff that I was saying when it first came out and all the people that were on Team Biden were like, no, nah, I remember it was your boy Trump. I'm like, it's not my boy. I'm just being honest. Looks like I was right. Shocker with that one. That was a pretty easy one to, to say that he did one of the worst things he could have possibly done. Yeah, it's I mean, it, it's I didn't, horrible. I didn't realize this report even came out. That's horrible. So in the last episode, I said that Taliban's opium production dropped by 80%. Yeah, over there, right which is also wild. The Taliban has what is being hailed as one of the best narcotics victories, like war on drugs since the dawn of mankind. Like it, it is insane the amount of like opium production that they have cut in that country as far as a war on drugs go. It's pretty easy to cut if you're going to cut their hands off for doing it. Well, yeah, I mean, like their <laughs> leaders basically came out and said, stop doing this crap. And then they sent people out to go do it. And then they cut it by 80%. But the problem is it leaves a huge void, right? With every plus... There's also with every action comes a reaction. You know what I'm saying? So there's a huge void in the market right now as far as opium goes, right? So we're talking heroin, things like that. And they're saying that that void is likely going to get filled by Mexico and fentanyl. So if that's the case, now the international community is concerned. Like it is the case. They're expecting Mexico to ramp up production of fentanyl, like flying fentanyl and put it more in drugs and everything else. But the international community is now concerned about the amount of drug overdoses that are going to take place because the Taliban is no longer producing opium. How crazy is that? So not producing opium in Afghanistan is going to cause more overdoses because of Mexico. But what's even more ironic after you say it like that, they want to open the borders of Mexico. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, it's, it's kind of funny to laugh. And you see what's going on right now inside of France. And you're talking about opening up the borders here. And they well, want to open up the borders for that set to come across. And then we'll look, look what's happening in Italy right now. I saw some some videos of they're shuttling. I don't know where these men are coming up. They're coming in boatloads. Literally, have you seen the boatloads of men going into Italy right now? And they're it's just, oh my god, I don't know what's going on. I'm I and people thought I was kidding when I said the world seems like it's about to start burning right now. That's pretty much yeah, what our at. border patrol is overwhelmed. They are absolutely overwhelmed. I think I want to say there was uh, like the Texas did ramp up its national guard like two months ago to go send down to the border to go and re reinforce the border itself and help with all that other crap. And uh, I, I think if I go read on it, I wasn't prepared to talk on this today, but I think there was like also some active duty troops that were sent down to the Mexican border to help with processing as well. Regardless, border patrol is just being freaking overwhelmed, overwhelmed. Uh, Texas put up a little flotation device down in the middle of the river. Have you seen that? No, I have not seen that. Oh, dude, it's wild. So there's now a, a huge uh, plastic flotation device that stretches right down the middle of the river that rolls. So it just sits there and it rolls on itself in the middle of the river to prevent people from swimming across it. I did not know that. Yeah. I did, did just see this, though. Israeli forces launched the biggest military operation in the West Bank in the last 20 years, since 20, uh, 2002. This is going on currently as we are filming this, like right now. Israel launched an assault on the West Bank? Oh, yeah, massive one. Long, largest one in the last 20 years. Um, largest military operation on the West Bank of, in the last 20 years. It's killed at least eight people and injuring another 50 thus far. They're calling it uh, an extensive counterterrorism effort. What it is. 
They're yeah. striking terrorist infrastructure. Is what they're doing, which I do, I do, I do believe. Well, I mean, <sighs> yeah, I mean, if we're going to jump into the Israel, we can talk about it for for quite some time. Like the story of Israel within itself is pretty fascinating. How they went about doing it when they first moved in, and then they started getting attacked, and they essentially. I don't want to say with pitchforks, but they eventually fought off and took more terrain back, and they've been fighting over it ever since, in a nutshell, if we're going to get into that. But the actual amount of, like, uh, what is it, the uh, iron, what is it that prevents the incoming? Iron Dome. The Iron Dome, right, like, developed specifically for over there. And they're, they've been facing, they're on the verge every single day of being attacked in that country from the outside. I am shocked that it's taken them this long to actually do that. If, if that was the United States that was being hit like that, we would own that terrain. If Mexico started shooting IDF into Texas, for example, yeah. like Texas would not stand for that. We would launch a retaliatory strike and people will sit there and hate on Israel for it. Well, they did, they did emphasize this, though. They don't have a fight with the Palestinians themselves. No. Their fight is with proxies of Iran in the region, and they're mainly mm-hmm. Hamas and Islamic Jihad, which is... That's what I'm saying. They are actually fighting. Sure. And, I, and Iran has been like supporting Hamas for a very long time. And, and Iran has publicly stated numerous times that they want to just wipe Israel off, off the map. Yeah. Just get rid of it altogether. So Israel is well within its rights to self-defense, in my opinion. Like they can go in there and wipe these dudes out. They've been attacking that country for eons. And it needs to happen. That's I'm telling you right now, it is happening. I'm, I'm literally watching Good. and seeing footage of it happening right now. Yeah, these. They, I mean, the, the guys that they're fighting definitely. They do not look like militants, and they have, damn, they have some actually pretty decent looking rifles. I'm not gonna lie. That's the question: is where are they getting this kind of equipment? They're state sponsored. Like this is. They're state sponsored. Iran has been doing this type of crap for years. Iran actually, you know, a lot of the EFPs and stuff that we face in Iraq. Yes, I know. A lot of that stuff came with Iranian money and Iranian influence. Muqtada al-Sadr, he fled over and he went into freaking Iran. Like at one point in time, now he came back into Iraq. But, yeah, a lot of this is state-sponsored terrorism. That's exactly what it is. It's where they're getting a lot of this stuff from. This is this is actually pretty interesting por- portion that's going on in the world. And I'm so glad I'm about to hop on a, a plane here in a few days and head international because this is, this is going to be great for me. I get to go hang out in France for a little bit, which is the perfect time to go to France for vacation. I'll tell you that much. I'm so excited for that. That's yeah. going to be phenomenal. It's going to be nice, man. Take your vacation. Relax. Take a breath. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're having all those riots and stuff going on over there right now. So I get to go, I guess, join in and fist bump everybody. I don't really know until that. You can go do some looting. I guess I'm going to go do some looting. That'd be, I'm going to be way go, away bro. from this, hopefully. Please take a GoPro. If you do. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> uh, Also, if you guys don't know, hamburgers and steaks are big on climate. So... Could uh, new grazing practices be the answer? That's the top news that's going on over on CNN is the cows are killing the planet. The cows are killing the planet. I, I'm actually going to eat some cows tonight if you guys would like. Did I you? had one last night. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I, eat them just I had a there. great steak last night. Good. Good. Yeah. Oh, my God. What is this? Look. See? Former Russian arm dealer traded for Brittany Grinner runs for office. There you go. Say the arms again. dealer is now running for office. He's joining liberal Democratic parties. He's running to be elected for regional legislator. Look at him. This is crazy. That's what we need, man. We, we need, need an arms dealer, a Russian arms dealer. That's that's, that's going to take place. What a trade. What a trade. What a day to be alive. God. I mean, I'm all about recovering U.S. citizens. 
You know what I mean? Especially from Russia. I'm all about that. But trading them for that is another (laughs) thing. Did you see that she actually, uh, I want to say she stood for the national anthem afterwards. Oh, did you? Yeah. She came back and was like, no, this is. uh, I see it now. I see it. That's what she's thinking. I'm sorry. That didn't make any sense. But that's what she's thinking. I see see this flag. I I should have been standing the entire time. This place is not so bad. I could smoke my weed, hang out, play basketball, have intercourse with my lady friend. Sure. There, there's been, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, we don't I care. really don't care. Shove your face all in it. We don't yeah. care. Well, I do enjoy you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. We will see you guys. Actually, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you guys the day after. It's going to be a good week. I do love you guys. We're out.